Welcome to Sales Talk for CEOs. I'm glad you're here. I'll be interviewing CEOs who have successfully scaled their B2B sales organization. In each episode, I'll start by uncovering the sales background of each CEO, dig into the strategies they use to build their sales organization, and wrap it up with what the future holds. We'll cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of scaling a sales organization. I'm your host, Alice Hyman. Hey, Steve, welcome back to Sales Talk for CEOs. So excited to have you here. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, it's really exciting to be here. Well, the last time you were here, I had you on as a CEO talking about how you built sales. And for all of you out there listening, if you haven't listened to that particular episode, please go back and find it because uh, Steve has an interesting story having been in sales his whole career, but then founding a company and kind of learning what he didn't know about how to run, uh, how to build and run a sales team. So it's a, a pretty great episode and I'm sure you can learn a lot from it. But today, Steve Benson, I have you here to talk as an expert to our CEOs about what CEOs can and should be doing to really level up sales at their company. Now, hold the fort before everybody goes, wait a minute, I have a sales leader who does that. I have a CRO in place. I have a VP of sales. Yes, I'm sure you do. But as you know, I um, am very adamant that the CEO always has a role in sales from founder to mature company. It's just that that role changes. And so, Steve, today I want to talk with you about what that role is and what CEOs really can be doing that's going to make a big difference in how their sales team executes on the customer experience and on really just winning in any environment. So that's what we're going to talk about. And uh, let's go ahead and jump in with how you see the CEO having a role in sales once they've, you know, founder, okay, right, they kind of doing some of the selling and then managing sales and all that. But once the company matures, how do you see that role in sales? Well, yeah, certainly it does mature and it changes over time. Um, you know, the when you early on in the company, you know, when I first started Badger, you know, 10 years ago, it, it was, I was the, the main salesperson. I was running sales and uh, I was also running product and marketing and I was, you know, finance and all that sort of stuff too. But, <laughs> but, but I, I had a background in sales. That was, you know, my career before starting Badger Maps was the, was in sales. And so, um, that, that was a, a natural role for me and one that I, 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 I was most attracted to probably and, and most comfortable in. But, um, over time, you know, you, you hire your, your, your first couple salespeople. And I recommend doing that before you hire a, a VP of sales is getting a few salespeople supporting one, whichever one of the founders is running sales and, um, and then getting them up and successful and, uh, you know, on closing deals and, and, and have, once you have a couple, you know, two, three successful reps and, and it looks like it's time to start hiring more, that's when I hire, I hire the VP of sales and bring them in someone to run the team and, 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 and manage the day to day operations and, and, and run that hiring process of your next, you know, five reps that you hire. Um, 
Now, how does uh, how does the CEO's now this and the CEO's role, I guess, is changing that whole time too, right? You're you're pulling back more and more, but I think a mistake a lot of CEOs make is that they they pull back completely when really. Yeah, once they get that sales leader in place, right, then they think, okay, now I can let go of sales because I've got a sales leader. Exactly. And you can't. I mean, I think you you don't want to micromanage the sales leader's job, but you want to provide that executive air cover um, on key deals and to key customers in the way that really only only a CEO can. I think a lot of the great CEOs are are first and foremost uh, on the, on the sales and customer success team. I think uh, a lot of the a, a lot of CEOs that are that that uh, I I don't admire their work as much are are from a finance background and and really are 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 you know focused on the finance and accounting. I think if you're if you're driving as a CEO, I think you should be in the sales seat, driving new business, keeping new customer keeping customers happy, and really have naturally have your fingers on the pulse of those parts of the business. If you're able to do that, uh, then uh, and, and keep that in your in your focus area, and really focusing on the the entire customer journey, even as a CEO, you you want to be able to do that. And if you if, and 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 I think the most a lot of the most successful CEOs do that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I know uh, this isn't my story, but it's a story I've heard. I, I forget whose story this is, but they were they were at a big uh, a big company in in Chicago. I remember it was, and they mentioned that they had seen. Mark Benioff, uh, CEO of Salesforce, uh, you know, walking walking through the halls because it was a, a big customer of theirs, and he was there to close the deal, and uh, and and he kind of knew him not well, not you know that well, but they said hi, but uh, but it was like yeah, even even at a really really big company, you know, you're still you're still in charge of uh, of of showing up and helping close the business, and with your key customers, keeping in touch with them, making. You know, ha- giving them a, uh, a a line of sight to the top of your company and what you have to say, and uh, and 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 letting them being able to take their feedback as your most important customers and really staying involved with them as CEO. All right, so let's break this down together for our audience because there's a lot of key pieces here, and you just sort of gave us a broad overview. And I want to dig into each one of those with you, Steve, because I I really feel like there's some very important points to be made. Let's break it down to starting with. Number one, build your team, right? So you talked a little bit about how, yeah, and we all know this, when you are when you start a company, right, you do a lot of the selling. Um, or there's co-founders and one's sort of the uh, back-end technical or ops kind of founder and the other one's, you know, more the sales and marketing kind of person, right? So, so when we start building our sales organization out, right, what we really want to look at is how do we want to serve our customer? And I think what a lot of CEOs miss today or or need to change if they're a more mature company is that customers don't buy the same way they used to buy. Now, they make decisions the same way because our brains haven't changed. This is how we make a decision. It works. But the way we gather information and the way we buy has changed. So in building your sales organization as you hire the right people and as you get your structure in place and you get your lead generation mechanisms in place and your customer success mechanisms, everything in place there, whether you're starting now or you're a mature company, what are the key things that we need to note as we build that organization? 
You're absolutely right. And I think buyers have changed. And I think that, you know, as you build your team, you have to, if you're not in touch with the customer journey that your customers are on and how they're, what, how they're buying, you're, you're not going to be able to build the right team and you're not going to, you know, put the right players on the field. Um, I, I guess the answer changes over time. You know, when you're hiring your first couple, couple reps as a small company, it's very different than if you're hiring rep number 142, right? right. Uh, I think, uh, you know, early on, you, your, your reps need to really be able to really be able to not just be sales reps, but also almost wear a product hat and gather information from customers that they can provide feedback back to the product and, and engineering teams so that they can help guide the people talking to the customers need to have a hand in guiding the business, uh, and and what the product is ultimately going to look like and and what it's going to do next, that sort of thing. So having that nice feedback loop, I think is really important early on. So, so pause there for a second in that feedback loop I want to talk about. Because again, as a CEO, you shouldn't be running sales once your company is mature. You should have people in place to do that, right? You may even have some sales enablement people, some sales ops people. You've got your marketing team involved in that. And you've got other people who are managing all of this. But as the CEO, that feedback loop Stay on that for a minute and tell me, like, as the CEO, what do you want to know? How do you want to know it? And what do you want to do with that information? At any point in a company's life cycle, I think the, the, the CEO needs to be a part of, of uh, the feed, the, understand the different feedback loops, feedback loops from customers, feed lap, feedback loops from employees. A salesperson is a great place to gather information about your product at any point in in your company company's you know journey as it as it grows and matures the people that are talking to prospects understand the cost the competitors better than anybody they understand the your product better than anybody like in terms of how people are actually using it they understand the customer's needs better than anybody and and what they need next and so it's really important whether it's you know the a lot of companies stumble with the transition from the CEO being or, or one of the founders, someone who has direct control over the product, being the person talking with customers to transitioning to a sales leader and a sales team running it is you lose that feedback loop. You lose, you know, that you, you lose the ability to start to keep listening to the, the feed on the street. And, uh, I think it's General McChrystal has some great stuff to say, say about this. He was an uh, American general in uh, Afghanistan. And, uh, and they, he talks about decisions need to be made from the street level. You have to, as a great leader, you keep your ear to the, to the, as close to the ground as possible. The people that are actually on the ground, actually doing things, because they understand things in a way that you just can't. And, and that, I think the way you fix that in a, in a company is by making sure that you're hiring product people that understand the importance of listening to salespeople and customer success people, because if, you, if your product team is not really listening to the people that are interacting with the customers, you you can start sailing the ship in slightly the wrong direction, and you know a year and a half later, you're you're you're, you're you get fur- you can get further and further away from what your customers actually need, and certainly what they need next. And as a CEO, like what I I see happening um, at my clients is that. The CEO doesn't hear that feedback loop until it's some real bad news. 
Like right. they're like a, hearing, a big customer leaving. Right. The, uh, one of their biggest customers is leaving. Something bad happened. Um, somebody's really mad. Somebody's going to sue them. I mean, some real bad feedback is coming in. That's when it finally gets to the CEO, right? And even yeah. at a really large company, it doesn't really matter what size. There should be a mechanism where, I don't know, once a quarter, twice a year, something, there's some kind of voice of the customer survey, and that data comes back to the senior leadership team, right, which of course includes the CEO, and you sit in a room and talk about what your customers are saying about you, the good, the bad, and the ugly of what they're saying, right? And then Mm -hmm. as the CEO, you've got to do something with that information. Yeah, I I think not only surveys are really useful and a great way to gather information, but the CEO needs to talk to the front line. The CEO needs to have meetings at some cadence with all or parts of the sales team. I, I, on a monthly basis, meet with every single person um, on the sales and customer success team just to talk about their deals, talk about their customers, talk about what's going on, and and try to see patterns and understand what is going on in the world so that I can um, then guide the other parts of the business. Like, what should we build next? You know, uh, what what do people really need? Um, and and that's a I, I think you know th- that takes time. It's 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 effort to. They're short meetings and they're they're kind of update meetings. And but it allows me to know all the deals that are coming. All, you know, all the issues with them. Where are we? Where do, where do we run into challenges? Where where What's going on out there? Yeah, what are the gaps, right? What are the gaps that we need to fill? And and I think that, you know, Steve, once we as CEOs have that information, we may have built our sales organization one way with certain things in mind that used to be true, right? But then we get that feedback and now we say, oops, that organizational structure isn't going to work anymore for our sales team I need my sales leaders to rethink this and bring me back some great information about how we can restructure this. I was uh, talking to uh, Jaco Vanderkoy uh, not that long ago. If anybody's interested, you can hear that conversation um, on my podcast as well about how he reorganized based on what they learned in the feedback loop about how their customers wanted to buy from them. And he created these pods of people that go on the journey with the customer, right? But it was a change. Like they literally had to stop what they were doing and make these kinds of changes. Um, So when you're getting this feedback as a CEO, Steve, I think, you know, it's not just, oh, great. Well, that's, that's the feedback, right? There's work to be done following getting that feedback. Yeah, absolutely. You have to take action on it and you have to, once you've learned things, you know, if, if you pick up something from the sales team, a gap or something that people want you to be doing, or, or you realize you're going to market in slightly the wrong way, um, you have to take action on it and make those changes on that te- those teams. And also, a lot of times, it's connecting people on, on those teams that, have, that, that are closest to it with someone on, say, the engineering team yeah. or the product team, so they can give them the feedback to build the next that that next product adjustment or or feature that needs to needs to occur. Um, well, one thing we're seeing right now, and obviously at Badger Maps, I'm dealing with you know people that do you know co- companies that have field sales teams, right? So we're seeing a lot of people 
right now, it's you know March of 2022. We're seeing a lot of people uh, switch back to having in their field, having a field sales. Right, people team. are going back to um, the field. They're going back in the field, awesome. and a lot of people switched into from having a, a field sales team into having an inside sales team, and they've kind of gotten comfortable there. And now they're all of a sudden they're like, "Why are we losing deals? What's going on?" And it's like, "Well, one of your one of your competitors has gone back in the field, and now you have to too, because <laughs> that that was the best way to sell before for for this business. That was the best way to sell before COVID happened, and." Guess what? It's the best way to sell again, and so that you're you're at a disadvantage if you're not you know going to market in the best way. And we lost you know forty percent of our customers, um, you know in in uh, you know the spring of 2020, and that a lot of them kept selling, but just in a different way. They went on, they took their right. products online or took their products on you know uh, uh, over the phone, and buyers were able to make that made that adjustment too. They they started buying online or buying over the phone. But um, a lot of products are best sold face to face and in person and with relationships, and 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 we're seeing that shift back, and we're seeing a lot of people saying, "Yeah, we didn't think we were going to have a sale, a field sales team again." It's you know, it's it's you know, moving people all over the place is expensive and it's hard. But then we found out we had to. There was <laughs> we started losing deals well, right, as the world opened right. up. We got to be agile, right? And that's what, if nothing else, the pandemic proved we have got to be agile, right? We have to be ready to pivot. So, and, and so to your point earlier, you have to, you know, you have to see these changes going on in the market, be close to the ground and then, and then actually figure out, okay, what's going on here and then take action on it. So, so that, that covers kind of like one of the first ways that CEOs can support sales and help their sales team win, right? Just making sure that feedback loop is there, that they're listening, keeping their ear to the ground and that they are asking their team to make the changes, right? So we built it this way, but guess what? This way doesn't work anymore. Now we're gonna rebuild it or reform it a little bit. And then guess what? Oops, that's not working anymore again either, right? Just like you mentioned with, we're out of the field, we gotta sell virtually. Oops, our competitors are back in the field, we better get back in the field, right? So we have to be agile and we cannot do that as CEOs if we don't have that feedback mechanism. So I want to really say to everyone listening, everyone who, every CEO and everyone who supports a CEO, what is your feedback mechanism? And how often are you getting that feedback so that you and your senior team can make those changes? Because you don't build it once and that's it, right? It changes constantly, hopefully not too constantly, but we've got to watch to see what changes need to happen. And in, to truly support our sales team, um, we can't just build it once and expect that to work forever. We've got to make those changes as they come along. So I think that's the first part of the support is that feedback loop. Now let's move on, Steve, to talk about hiring and getting the right people in place. And I think you and I really agree on this and and it's a, it's a hard one, but the people who start with us when we're founders do a job a certain way because we need them at that point. But as our companies change and grow and mature, those same people who started with us may not be the right people to go to that more mature stage with us. And so as a CEO who is, you know, now at this more mature stage and you've got VPs of sales who are hiring salespeople, what are some of the things you coach your VPs on to make sure they get the right 
people on board for this time in your company's history? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we talked about how your salespeople need to change from someone who is you know, outside of the box and creative and, you know, a really a, a, a feedback collector from prospective customers. And that's one of their most important roles if they're salesperson number two, right? But later you, you know, salesperson number 142 needs to, needs to much more um, follow a process, execute a plan. We figured out how to do this. And now we're, we're running, we're running the playbooks. We figured out our plays. We're running the playbooks and we're tweaking the playbooks and, and you, those feedback me- mechanisms that we talked about, but it, it is a, it, you're hiring a different person uh, with a different skill set for, you know, rep number 142 than two. And, and number two needs to have marketing skills and kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're at the bleeding edge of marketing. They're kind of utility players. They, they're a little bit rogue because we don't have a process and we expect them to just go figure it out and do it, right? But whew, that does not work when you are you know, 10, 15 years in and now you've got hundreds of salespeople. Right, yeah. You, the, the, the rogue person who can figure things out is, is perfect for number two. And they need to, they, they need to market you know, understand how to run a marketing play playbook. And cause you know, you may have a, a person in marketing at that point. You may not, you probably have a person, but, but they, they aren't, they're, pro, they're often more like, you know, marketing the brand, the company, the content, the, you know, collecting, collecting leads rather than being able to do run plays to outbound plays and the types of marketing plays that are, are more on the product side or more sales side. And so I, I think you, you need someone to, a salesperson at that point to be able to do that also understand understand product to some degree and be and because they're not going to be a great feedback mechanism to the product team if they're if they don't really understand product and and you know what what things could be and kind of they need to be someone who thinks in terms of what could it what could we be doing whereas you know number 142 it's more like you want like someone who who's who, who's able to execute and follow the playbook and is much more like you know Boom, 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 efficient, much less, you know, eye in the sky creative. Right. So these sales leaders are doing that. And where does a CEO get involved with hiring or should they even be involved with hiring salespeople at all at that point where the company's more mature? Probably not person 142. I mean, it's, I think, it, you know, it's never bad to do an interview um, and, and gut check things or to be involved. But ultimately, I mean, when you have a VP of sales, they're the decision maker on on uh, that that salesperson, not not the CEO, because you can't you can't hold someone accountable to results if you made all the if you if you chose their team right. They have to choose their team. They're accountable for choosing the right team and accountable for for driving results after that point. But a CEO can be involved. I think it's good to meet people, know people, obviously uh, set up that relationship to for feedback mechanisms and and just rapport. But the decision. I, you have to be careful as a as, as CEO of of putting your, your your thumb on the scale too hard on something like an important hire for because the, it's you know the VP of sales need, needs to choose that director of sales who's going to be running that team of eight people right and and you you can't put your thumb on the scale too hard now your your thumb's all the way on the scale with with the VP of sales um, but uh, but then they you, they have to be you have to let them hire their t- their team and, and manage that team. And I think that is is really a good point. And maybe the it, the early hire of VP of sales that you did, who had your first few salespeople, 
again, you know, when you're more mature, that same VP isn't going to be the right person. And the, the CEO, that person direct, directly reports to you as CEO. So you have to notice when the job has outgrown the person and when you need a different type of VP or sales leader than you did in your earlier stages. And you can't be afraid as a CEO because I know we all love the people that work for us and we nurture them and take care of them and they're part of our family. But I've seen it where a CEO let it go way too long. You know, it's like this person's outgrown this position. They can't do it. So that makes the CEO have to sort of micromanage the situation, right? And then things aren't going as well and and we're not hitting our numbers because this VP that we have in place isn't the one who knows how to hire these salespeople who know how to follow the rules and the playbooks and run these plays and and focus on the customer in the way that we need to now versus the way we did early on. And so I think um, recognizing that your sales leader or sales leaders, depending how big your organization is, need to grow and change with your organization. It's your job as CEO to develop them. And when you see that you, they're not developing into what's coming next and what's needed for the company, you've got to, you know, let them go and, and replace them. So talk a little bit about that, because I think it's a big mistake that I see out there with CEOs they're just hanging on to these sales leaders too long and they can't hire the type of salespeople that are needed. Yeah, and I think this isn't just with sales, but this is with every part of your organization. Right? This is with engineering, this is with product, this is with marketing. Um, you know, the person that was on your team, uh, you know, and you had five people is a different person than often a different person than you want running that that a division when you have a hundred people in that division. Now, some people do develop and, and, and change. And frankly, this this applies to the CEO as well, right? right. A lot of times, you know, uh, the, the person that has an idea and can get something off the ground is a very different person than the, than someone who uh, knows how to you know command an army, right? It's a it's a different skill set, and you can develop that. And, and we've seen lots of lots of leaders develop that. And no one's better positioned to run a, a division or a company than the original person that was doing it, right? Because they know where all the bodies are buried. They know where, they know everything about everything, right? They're, <laughs> they've been the expert for five years, um, but. Uh, but sometimes you do need to make changes at, at any of these levels. And it doesn't necessarily mean the person's fired. It can mean the person has a more focused role. So if they were, you know, running, if they were running sales and customer success and customer support, which is often the case, the same person is right, often running right. those things. Um, they, they, you, you can scale that if you can scale that situation in a couple of ways. One, you can top them and bring in someone um, over them to run those pieces that, that organization and they can, and they can run a piece of it. So you bring it, you know, you, you, they, they could keep their title of VP of sales or it could become VP customer success or it could become VP of support. Um, uh, you, you could, a lot of times people you'll see bringing customer success and customer support, uh, to, together into one under one person, and then the VP sales is a different person, and they both report to a CRO. That person that was originally there could be any of those roles, right? So they were kind of doing everything. So now they either focus on one of those two pieces, or or they they become the CRO, and you hire a VP sales underneath them, someone to run the customer success team, and someone to run the customer support team as as they scale. 
And, and it just depends on the person, depends on the situation. But um, I guess those are your options. You can top someone, you can, you know, outright replace someone if there's something, if, if not everyone is toppable and, and, and not everyone wants to be focused, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to fight, fight that and, and not, not, you know, kind of what they, they wanted the job and they can only see themselves at that, in that job. So sometimes you are going to have to part ways, but um, so part ways, uh, the full replacement, topping someone or bringing people in underneath them to support those different areas that, and actually they're now accountable for say, you, you know, you, if you, bump your original VP sales to CRO and bring in a VP sales underneath them. Now that VP sales is, is responsible for the sales team. Um, so there's, there's several paths you can take there and, and it, there's no right answer. It, it just depends on the person and the situation and, and, and how they're developing and what, what you see them becoming and where, where you see their strengths. Yeah. And I think once again, it goes back to being agile, right? So as a CEO and you, you see, this feedback loop internally, okay, we've been doing things this way, we've got to make some changes, we're going to grow, people are not equipped to do all of the jobs, you know, that when we were smaller, it worked okay, we we just have to be agile. But um, I think it's, it's important that the CEO really keeps an eye on this, how people are developing and if they are still suited to do their job well, right? Because I see it get just like too far down the road and it's just taking a nosedive before we do anything about it. And it leads me to the next thing that I I know that you and I both agree that CEOs can do to really support sales, which is provide training and development, right? So, so we get the right people. We work hard to hire the right people. And these are these are good people who, though, may not have all the skills they need at this point in time, or we know the future's coming and we're going to want to continue right developing them. So what are some of the ways that CEOs should be looking out after, you know, Everyone in their company, of course, but we're talking about, you know, go-to-market sales, marketing, customer success, that kind of thing. It's not really their job. They may have a, a, you know, HR of people or they may have sales enablement, people are training people or whatever. But to really make sure as a CEO that we are developing our people and that's part of our culture that we all are curious and that we learn and grow together. And then when we find out that people can't, right, they aren't fit anymore. But talk about this, um, creating this culture of, of learning and curiosity and growth and how the CEO plays such an important role in that. Because I think sometimes people think salespeople are salespeople, marketing people are marketing people. There's nothing more to learn. Just go out in the market and sell. And it's just so not true. Yeah, I think I, I think it, that the CEO has a huge role in this, and, and 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 as well as the the HR team and the sales leadership team. But sales is one of these areas that um, in an organization, like I guess most roles are really, but sales sales. Uh, there's so many skills that go into being a great salespeople, uh, salesperson, right? It's there, there's there, there you know generating leads, qualifying leads, negotiation, you know, working with customers, overcoming objections. I mean, there's 30 things we could list as, uh, as, as key skills that a salesperson must have. And, you know, 
you'll find, I think, that different salespeople are, are successful because they're good at different ones of these things or yeah, different yeah. bundles of these of these things. But, and I think as a as an organization uh, and, and and the leadership of an organization, you you want to. You, everyone benefits if you continue to develop your sales team and continue to help them learn and do better and and, and expand their bundle of, of tools they have on their belt. Um, one thing that that I've done in the past that's really been effective for up leveling um, my sales team skills is I've and 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 once again this is so many different things but I've I, I believe that on a given team the best people at something are, are, are the people that have their boots in the ground. So I guess you, you, one strategy you can use and you can do this with external help or internal help. Cause a lot of times you, when you look, when you look at a team, there isn't anyone on the team that is really going to help design the new playbook or is going to really identify what the problem is. And so you want to bring in outside help from a consulting perspective and, 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 in, it's worth the money in sales more than almost anything, right? Like I, I, I raise eyebrows at strategy consultants all the time, but like a sales consultant that you're like, yeah, we figure out what the problem is in this team or how we can move the needle to 15%. I, f- I feel like a lot of times you bring an expert in and they're, they're able to move the needle on sales 15% by, by tweaking some processes, creating some best practices, um, working with your, with, with your, um, with, with, working with your team to figure out what the, what the steps in the process should be. What are things that we're not doing well enough and wasting a bunch of time on qualification? Hey, there's just a lot of ways you can go wrong on a sales team. And um, a lot of times the people in sales management, you know, wouldn't be the best at carrying the bag themselves. And, and, uh, and so they, they miss things. It's easy. It's easy to have your own bundle of things that you're really good at and know very little about this other thing over here. And that's a great time to bring in an outside expert. One thing that I've done to grow things internally as well is uh, the uh, you you survey and figure out um, by talking to different different people on the team. So talk to everyone on the team and ask them who's good at the, these at different skill sets. So like you know figure out what the key skill sets are to, to to drive things, and then ask around to figure out who's awesome at the at the different things, right? And um, once you know who's awesome at all the different things, like it's like, oh, well, a lot of the salespeople think that Jessica's really good at uh, negotiation. And a lot of people seem that the, the VP of sales and the sales manager and a bunch of the salespeople thought that John was really good at qualification and Joe is really good at lead gen. Have those three people teach the thing that they're really good at to everyone else, like, like empower them and give them a leadership opportunity to, it's like, Joe, hey, you know, you have figured out something cool here on lead gen. Like your pipe is looking great. You get a lot of meetings. Um, we talked, you know, the, you told your manager last week, how you, how, you know, you're using this tool to do that. And that's fantastic. Um, we want you to put together a presentation and talk to the rest of the team for 15 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, whatever it is, like on our next team meeting, we want you to just take the floor and teach people about what you've been doing and then um, let empower them to do that. Let them let them roll with it. People are pe- the other salespeople will listen to them because they know that they're good at it. They've seen them. They've seen them be successful. Salespeople want to be successful. They want to. They want to generate leads like Joe does, right? 
they want to close deals like Jessica does. And so they they'll listen to them and they'll they'll soak up their skills like little sponges if you if you kind of set it up right. And so it's a great way it's a great time for the CEO to not be like, "Hey, I'm the best. Listen to me. I'm I I I am the I'm the head honcho. Head honcho. It's, it's it's much more effective to be like, "Hey, you know who's awesome at this is Joe. You know who's awesome at this is Jessica, and you guys should listen to them." And I, I think that the you know, anyone can run this playbook. It could be on you could be a, a, a frontline manager with eight people. You could run this playbook just with your team. You could be a VP of sales with 150 people. You could run this playbook with uh, with your team. But f- figure out where the skills are and then just, you know, you could do this on a, on a monthly or weekly basis or whatever and uh, and and just kind of work through all the different skills. Like and, and as you see things working, you know, have 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 it taught. Well, sales sales teams really want to, the people want to hear from each other. Like just this morning, I was working with a team, um, one of my clients and, you know, one of the guys said, oh yeah, I'm doing this. And then, and then another person was like, oh, well, tell me more about how you did that. And then, oh, can you share that? And like, they rarely get that chance to do it. So I love that peer to peer. And I think, you know, as a CEO, first establishing that culture in your company that we are all always learning, including me, right? We are all always learning. We are a curious bunch. We want new information. We want to share information. I think that the CEO can plant that seed and make that part of their culture like you do. And then I think that um, the CEO needs a coach as well, you know, a mentor, a coach, someone who is helping them learn and grow and have a development plan for themselves. And then that kind of trickles down. And what what I see is a lot of CEOs don't really know how to coach the people who report to them. And that's a learning and a growth that they could have just right there, right? Have learning themselves how to coach and and nurture these people so that they take on that and then and then it trickles down again. And once again, it can be done internally with sharing, right? Sharing amongst ourselves. I mean, I think sometimes people forget, Steve, that, hey, I may be the CEO, but I am not superhuman. I know what I know and I'm always learning and I need to learn and I need to learn from all of you. That's why I hired you because you're smart and I want to learn from you too. So I think just bringing forward that beautiful culture of learning and as a CEO, walking your talk and saying, I'm learning some new things. I'm nurturing the people who report to me to continue learning and developing. And in turn, they're doing it as well. But especially in in sales and marketing and customer success, because that buyer journey is changing, as we keep mentioning, and we have to meet it. So we've got to read what Gartner and Forrester and McKinsey are all saying about the buyer and about sales. And we've got to read that and share those things. And then we maybe read an article on how to do a mutual action plan. And then we share that all with each other and go, oh, that's good. Let's tweak it and make it our own and let's start doing it. And just, I think the CEO's role really is just really encouraging that um, to just keep going, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that learning culture does come from the top. Um, And it's not just about teaching people things. It's also about retention. Right. Um, You know, I think people in Gen Z and Gen Y, uh, they they care about learning more than someone maybe from Gen X who's, or, or who's less interested in, in learning at this point, but they, they make decisions to stay at a company based on, are they growing? Yes. Are they learning? They, yes. they, and maybe it's cause they're early in their careers. Right. Um, 
but they they have a thirst for learning. Maybe they just came out of school five years ago. They're they're used to learning, right? They, but they, you know, a lot of I, I, I don't know the stats, are, but they're they're pretty wild right now in terms of how many people are looking at different jobs and looking to make career changes. And one of the major reason reasons is because they want to be wanna... Str- stretched. They want to grow. They want to learn new skills. Yep. If you put the infrastructure in place from an HR perspective at your company. Um, you know, that can, that can really, uh, you know, give, give them the opportunities to learn that can really be helpful. I, I believe from a, from a development perspective, um, you know, we, we, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about this lately cause I just, you know, I came out with a, a, a second product at, at Badger. Um, so it's, it's not, we don't just do the, the mapping for field salespeople anymore. We also have a, a, uh, sales education product that, you know, it's basically sales experts teaching people things and kind of like a, a Netflix, but, all the sales videos are, are sales training videos effectively. And, uh, it, so I've been spending a lot of time talking to sales educators and, and just kind of thinking about what needs to go into a platform of this nature and playing product manager for a product of this nature. And, and, uh, so, but I, I think if you want to keep your sales team, you give them the opportunities to learn. And whether that's bringing in people from the outside to coach them, whether that's creating infrastructure, um, to, to, to see videos and, and learn from those, whether it's create, creating the opportunities for them to learn from their, their fellow employees, giving them leadership opportunities. But if they are, if they feel stagnant, they're going to leave. Gonna go. and, yep, and, they're and, going to go. And, and it's so costly to replace. Uh. I, I think we are massively underestimating the cost of replacing employees in the business world. When I started my career, um, the expectation was uh, I could be at this company forever, right? Like when I, and, and I, I get, you know, part of that was where I, you know, I started my career at IBM, which is just a place of lifers, right? But, um, the, the, the expectation was, you know, you could be here forever. Now I think very few, you know, 25 year olds are, are thinking about their job right now as, you know, I think I'll be here when I'm 55, right? right? Like I, I, that's, I think that's not really the way they're thinking, but you, <laughs> right. there's so much, there's so much value that's lost from that cultural switch that's happened just during my career. Um, you know, people that have been doing something for years are really good at it. When they've been at your company for years, they know how to do things for your company that other people. So it just takes years to learn the ins and outs of a thing and a, and a place and how things get done. And, 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 and so I think a, a thing for CEOs to think about is how can I be a place that people, that it's not a crazy thought that they would spend their whole career here or 15 years of their career here. Yeah. Or at least five years, not 18 months. Right. It's, it's called, I, I mean, I, you lose so much if your average turn, turnover period is eighteen months or two years or something, which is but you see all the time. It's like yeah. it's, it's almost In becoming sales, especially de facto. it's ridiculous. Sales customer success, um, especially SDR, the sales development rep positions, VPs of sales. Even I uh, read something recently about the turnover rate. Um, yeah, you lose all that tribal knowledge. So we have to hire better so that we get the right people, and then we want to keep those people, right? So. Yeah, in wrapping up here, because I could talk to you about this all day, holy cow, I and mean, the time just like went like that. Um, I think we've really brought to light three key things that I want to just kind of wrap on. And the first is, you know, how are you going to build it? As a CEO, how are you going to make sure that sales organization gets built properly and then gets rebuilt when it needs to be? Because things do change and we have to be agile there. And then we also talked about that feedback loop and how internally and externally, we need that feedback from all sources. So as a CEO, we can make really good decisions about what needs to change internally and externally and how we can better meet 
uh, the needs of our customers and give them that exceptional customer experience that we know they all really want. And, and there's just so many facets of that. And then, you know, we talked about creating as a CEO that culture of learning and curiosity and that we're all going to learn and grow together because, of course, that helps our customers, right? When we become better at what we do, we're better able to serve the people that we want to serve. And I think those three things are just three things that every CEO could take a look at and uh, really improve at their company. But just parting words, Steve, you know, for CEOs out there who really want to play that strong role in sales and help their team level up, what, what are your parting words? Get in front of your salespeople, get in front of your customers, get in front of your prospects. Um, you know, get face to face with those three groups, um, get on the phone with those three groups, talk to them interact with them, learn from them, that that's, if you've got your, your finger on the pulse of, of those three situations, you understand so, you know, understand half of what's important in your business and, and it informs the other half. Um, and, I, and I think not enough CEOs get, you know, fly out to Pittsburgh to meet with their, <laughs> to their customer. Now they don't, they don't fly to Dallas that you got to get on a plane as a CEO that you got to get on the plane as a VP of sales too. But you, you have to meet with your customers. You have to take them out for a drink. You have to go to their place of work and see them using your stuff. Um, you have to understand them and how, and, and, and what their needs are, what, and, and you, it's just, it's, it's, you see too many, too many people in leaderships hang out in the ivory tower and and not get dirt under their fingernails. And I think that one of the one of you, you don't lose customers who you've sat down and eaten a steak with. You just they <laughs> and, and 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 even if stay you do, stay close to them. Stay close to them, right? Right. And even if you do lose them, they they tell you why, right? And that's that's it, the worst thing that can happen is you can you can be off track and not know you're off track. And and so you 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 really the closer you can be to those customers prospects and salespeople, I think the the better off your, your, your company will be. Thanks so much for joining me today, Steve. I really appreciate it. It's always fun to talk with you. We've left our CEOs and those who support CEOs with lots of great ideas. So um, I'll be looking forward to releasing this episode and I'll look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been fantastic. Thanks for tuning in to Sales Talk for CEOs. You can find me at alicehyman.com. Be sure and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know that you heard the show. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, write a review, and share the show with another CEO.